You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer, producer, and it's the beginning of Women's History Month. We love when we get one month, don't we, sisters? (laughs) It's great. We do. Thank you so much, people who... (laughs) Who decide those things. Who decide those things. So one month, who... Which woman from history do you think would be your BFF? Liz, what do you think? Okay, this is Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica. I'm the middle sister. When you first said that, I thought, well, I've always wanted to meet Queen Elizabeth, but Queen Elizabeth the first. But then I don't think she would have been my BFF. I'm just, I think she was like a badass and I would like Mm -hmm. to meet her. So when you say friendship, you know, I recently saw that, um, uh, the documentary with uh, Fran Lebowitz, and she was talking about her best friend was Toni Morrison. And I think I'd like to meet Toni Morrison because she said when Toni won the Nobel Prize in Literature, which was like 93, I think, she took a whole bunch of friends to go collect it with her, and she called them the Noblettes. And uh, I think having a friend who wins a Nobel Prize and then takes you to go see or collect it, I would be totally down with that. So Toni Morrison would be my choice. Yeah, that's quite a long answer. And, <laughs> and Fran, Lebowitz, Fran Lebowitz and Toni Morrison, that unexpected. Isn't right that there. an unexpected pair? That's why it's stuck in my head. Yeah. Yes. Julie, how about you? Okay, well, first of all, happy Mardi Gras to all that are celebrating today because it's Mardi Gras. So uh, so knock it out there. Laissez le bon temps rouler. Uh, for me, it's interesting what you said, Liz, because I was going with Queen Elizabeth too. okay? <laughs> I'd love to meet her. I love corgis. Okay, that's easy. Tromping around in those highlands, that sounds fun to me. And I don't even mind the tweed skirt and scarf tied under your chin look. I think I can pull that off. And... She's 95. She's feeling better. She's over COVID. She's had such, she's met so many people. I think it would be fabulous to talk to her. How about okay. you, Leanne? Oh, well, I would like someone from, from history who's, who's, who's dead. Um, I was thinking Nellie Bly, you know, the, like, uh, the reporter from, uh, oh, yeah. from the 1900s oh. who did all that groundbreaking work, like pretended to be insane so she could get inside an insane asylum and report on what it was really like. I feel like we could be friends and host a podcast together. So <laughs> hmm, that that okay. is my that's my choice. All right, uh, all right. Women's History Month. Well, we did it. Congratulations to us. Okay. <laughs> Uh, for promoting the show today. Listen, we're, of course, going to talk about what's going on in the Ukraine. We were off last week, Julie, a lot of actual calls uh, for you to weigh in. You've been our, you know, Russian, Russianographer, Kremlinologist for many years since you lived in Russia. So we're going to talk to you about that. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. We have some entertaining sisters we're going to get to. Um, Liz, I understand you have a spontaneous review of Lost and Found in Paris. Totally <laughs> spontaneous. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to tell you about it. It's really good. Right. <laughs> you are not going to believe the TV show Liz has never seen before either. So it's we're going to. Talking. I can't. It's just stunning, stunning news coming from Liz. Yes, it is. And then, Julie, once you explain what's happening in the Ukraine, you're also doing a deep dive on Martha Stewart Chardonnay. So, right. Only on Satellite Sisters would that be possible for one host to be able as part of their like portfolio. portfolio. Yes. Yeah. Your tranche. Is that your tranche? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and more on Satellite Sisters. Liz, okay. what's up this week? What's well, first, I, you guys, I have a quick question for you. I promise this won't take long. You know how I feel about unsolicited advice of any kind, but especially, <laughs> yes. especially unsolicited medical advice. So I, I just, so last week I was working out in the gym, you know, I'm doing the exercises now on the leg and finally the rest of my body. And I'm moving from one machine to the next. And this guy walks over to me and says, would you mind if I gave you some unsolicited medical advice? Oh, boy. I feel sorry for him. He did well, not. He talk about picking the wrong person, right? Well, but 
I mean, what do you say? First of all, it's just so shocking. Like, what's going on in your head that you think that's something you should go over and say to someone? Really? So unsolicited medical advice. Yeah, I, I'm sort of on record. But I hesitated for a moment because I, want, I wanted to say, yes, I do mind. Uh, but I was like, okay, hesitantly. And then he started to give me advice about my gait pattern. Uh, yeah, dude, I am aware. <laughs> that I have have an issue and he was a retired physical therapist I get it I get it but like okay I I don't know so I tried to be nice I was like I appreciate that but I have a surgeon I just saw this morning I have a physical therapist and I have an actual trainer who's right over there in another part of the gym so I feel like I'm getting a lot of good advice but thank you and I just sort of left it at that but I wanted to say, oh, and by the way, don't, (laughs) but I didn't, I didn't. I tried to not be rude, but also just say like, I don't know. What would you mean? Maybe the response should have been, uh, can I give you some unsolicited advice? (laughs) Right? There you go, Joel. I mean, because that it's that Ter- it's that terrible feeling that he, you know, he puts you in a terrible position, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, um, All right. That would have been, I'm not sure I could have pulled that off in a nice way. Right. No, no, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. But maybe that's our problem. We're always trying to be nice. Anyway, I just thought I would share that because uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's it. Unsolicited medical advice. Pass the word. Never welcome. Yes. No, I know. I bet it was coming from kind, kindness, Liz, but it was. Uh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. okay. Well, Liz and Leon, do you remember how you used to like dread if you had to go to a fundraiser, uh, even if it was for a good cause, like on a weekday night? Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember those days where In like the before oh, times? In oh, the before yeah. Times. Oh, yeah. But then. But then they took that all away from us and we haven't been to any uh, fundraisers or we haven't done anything like that in so long. Well, this past week, I actually got to go to a fundraiser on Tuesday night. This is for the organization that I've worked very hard for, Educational First Steps. And it was sort of a confluence of events that came together where, you know, uh, the COVID had sort of died down enough and we had a fundraiser in person and we were fortunate enough to have as our guest speaker mark cuban now you all know him mark cuban from shark tank he's also owner of the dallas mavericks basketball team um and uh I, I don't know how to say this. If I mean, I understand he's a billionaire and everything like that. And he also donated his time to speak to our group. But if a billionaire could be humble, that would be Mark Cuban. I mean, I, I mean, it's hard really. To, yes. I mean, he was, you know, he was he was it was sort of an inter- interview style presentation. And, you know, he comes from very humble beginnings in Pittsburgh. And he always, you know, he started by selling. First, he was selling basketball, uh, baseball cards. And then he moved on to trash bags. He used to sell trash bags door to door in his neighborhood. OK, do you realize, sisters, that in many ways he's the one of the first podcast pioneers because one of his first businesses was streaming of a sports radio show on the internet. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, it was when he sold Broadcast.com. It was one, said, of the, one of the very first dot coms where somebody made a billion dollars. He's the guy. Right. He's the guy. He uh, it was bought by Yahoo. But but essentially the business was streaming a radio show. Uh, on the internet. And he figured Mm -hmm. out how to do that. Um, But he was just so inspirational talking about how hard he's worked. You know, being an entrepreneur is a 24-7 job. You know, he said he has a lot of like sort of guiding principles, one one of which is how you do anything is how you do everything, which I thought- Uh-oh. Okay. Think about that. Okay. I thought that was a good one. And I thought that we could all up our games, I guess, a little, right? Because yeah, when you put it that way, for sure. (laughs) Um, And and I think he really, you know, it really resonated with uh, all the child care center owners and directors in the room that have had such a terrible time during COVID that have really, you know, have been struggling to have someone so inspirational, someone who is so 
um, generous in the North Texas area to have him there in person. Um, it was great. He also talked about his new business. And I don't know if you have seen him. He's been he's been a, a, all around in the media. It's called costplusdrug.com. And what he's trying to do is reduce the price of prescription drugs. How about that? Um, now, I'm not endorsing, endorsing it. Satellite Sisters isn't endorsing it. But I do think it's worth checking out. Uh, he said he has 100 drugs on there now. His aim or his goal is 8,000 drugs. And he just wants to make the cost of prescription drugs cheaper for everybody. Uh, and I think that's a good goal. Yeah. So, yeah. I. I'll admit, I'm not a huge fan of, oh, billionaires, I'll figure it out for you. Yeah, like, me which, neither. It just feels like we need to come together as a nation and figure this out rather than let a billionaire figure it out for us or a zillionaire. But good for him. I think his heart is in the right place, Julie. It's a it's a worthy goal. It is a worthy goal. And, you know, he's always been someone that's been very innovative, a disruptor. And sometimes the government can answer, you know, can be the answer. But sometimes, you know, maybe it needs an entrepreneur. So check it out. He was great. We had a great night. And, um, you know, it was just great to be back at a fundraiser. Nobody. I mean, that's. <laughs> that's I never something. thought I'd hear you say that. Ooh, yeah, it was it was it was wonderful. <laughs> that sounds fun. That sounds fun. All right. Well, I was doing the opposite. I have a small uh, professional announcement. That's actually a big professional announcement, but I can't give you a lot of details. Julianne, Liz, you know this. So I'm just really telling the rest of the satellite sisterhood and Mr.hood that I am writing a new book. So if you're wondering, where was that pep talk two weeks ago? <laughs> Here's where it was. Uh, exciting news. I signed another two book deal a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to go into details on the So exciting. Right now. So yes. exciting. It's exciting for me because um, I know what I'll be doing for the next two years. I'll be writing two more books, which is a fantastic opportunity. I'm thrilled to have it. Uh, I've worked hard on this part of my life being a fiction writer, and it's nice to see. Um, that I can continue it. I also want to genuinely thank anybody and everybody who's ever bought a book uh, because you really don't get that opportunity unless you sell books. It's a business. It's, yeah. not, uh, it's not a charity. So if people hadn't gone out and supported the books that I've um, written in the past, this wouldn't be happening. So big thanks to all of you. You have, you know, told your libraries to order it, you've picked it for your book club, if you've bought extra copies for your family and giving them as gifts, I genuinely want to thank you. So so the good news is I'm writing two more books. Um, the, not, it's not bad news, but one is due at the end of June, which is fast. Oh, wow. That wow. sounds like a term paper, Leanne. Yeah. It is. <laughs> It is. It's the heart of darkness all over again. That high school <laughs> okay. paper I had to write. No, I'm excited. I did a lot of work on the outline and everything on the pitch in the fall. So it's not like I'm making it up from start here, but I do need to focus on the days that we're not working on Satellite Sisters. And generally I work on Satellite Sisters Monday and Tuesday. The other five days of the week I'll be writing. And um, so it was funny a couple of weeks ago, uh, on Thursday afternoon, I got so much written. I was just like, wow, I really wrote a lot of words. And Friday morning, I thought, where did all this time come from? I feel like you usually don't have this time on Thursday. And then Friday, I woke up and I went, oh, I forgot to write pep talk. <laughs> That's why I had so much time Thursday afternoon. It usually takes me three or four hours to put that together. So good news, bad news, writing a book. So <laughs> If things are sketchy, uh, that's that's my excuse. I mean, I'm looking forward to going out and promoting Lost and Found in Paris in about five weeks. So this is the first time for me I've ever had to do both things, promote one book and write another. But yeah. that's actually your professional goal. If you're a novelist is to have that uh, that kind of pressure. So um, I'm looking forward to this. But if you if you want to know where I am, I'm I'm back in my office writing a book right? it's at all times, <laughs> night and day. Yes. But mostly pep talk will come out on schedule. Just occasionally it won't. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, tra traditionally I'm trying to every week we have a show. There will be a pep talk on Friday. If we're not doing a show, I won't. I won't be doing a pep talk on Friday because that okay. will be a work a week that I'm really, really kind of buckling down, trying to get a lot of words written. Okay. So that's the way it's going to roll here. But uh, we are but super happy you. for you, Leanne. That's thank so exciting. You. I'm excited, too. I'm excited, too. It's a great opportunity. All right. Stay tuned. Uh, Julie, when we get back, we're going to you're going to tell us everything you know about Russia. Yes. So <laughs> let's stay tuned. 
Leon and Julie here from Satellite Sisters, and we want to thank our friend Jenny Kane. Hi, Jenny. We love Jenny <laughs> Kane. We know you know it's a California brand through and through, and we love their staples because it makes getting dressed so easy. Minimalist, effortless, but totally refined. And hello, Julie Dolan. That's kind of you. Minimalist, effortless, and totally refined. What have you been wearing from Jenny Kane this week? Leon, I love the cocoon cardigan. It's perfect for the hot again, cold again weather we're having. You know, this is sweater weather. And you can just pop on that cardigan. And even if you're wearing something schlumpy underneath, all of a sudden you look elevated and you're ready to go. <laughs> you look minimalist, effortless, and totally refined when you wear the cocoon cardigan. Yes, I do, Leanne. Uh, I get compliments on it, too, because it's just the perfect thing to put on. Well, that's why we love Jenny Kane, is that everything is beautifully designed and really flatters the wearer. So we want to encourage you to check out everything over at JennyKane.com. You're going to find your new uniform. What is it that you want to put on that just perks up your, your presentation? Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off their first order when they use code SISTERS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at JennyKane.com. And Jenny Kane is spelled J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E. JennyKane.com, promo code SISTERS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Thanks, Jenny. We are so happy at Satellite Sisters to have BritBox as a sponsor. You know, we love it. It's the streaming home of the best British television with exclusive mysteries, crime dramas, comedies, documentaries, and more. Julie, what's your fave? Vera, I love this show. I'm on season 11. I mean, Brenda Blethyn is such a great actress. And the character Liz Vera, I don't know if you've watched it, but she's essentially Margaret Thatcher in a trench coat, okay? <laughs> she is bossing people around and solving crime. I love her. Okay, well, I want to especially recommend Archie. Archie's a brand new limited series. It's starring Jason Isaacs as Archie Leach. Who is he? He's the man who became Cary Grant. And oh. you know what's so interesting about this is it's sort of about how he became a star in old Hollywood, how he went from being Archie Leach to being Cary Grant. But also because it's him growing up in old Hollywood, there are a lot of people in the in the movie playing Doris Day, Grace Kelly, George Burns. It's little snapshots of what it was like to become a movie star back in the day. So I really enjoyed it and recommend. So sign up for BritBox today to stream Archie and any other fan favorites from any device you have. So we have a special limited time offer. Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for the monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use our promo code SISTERS at checkout. Got it? Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Use promo code SISTERS at BritBox.com. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're back. Okay, Jewel, wh what do you got? Everyone well, wants to know what your thoughts are on what's happening uh, in the Ukraine and Russia's role in that. Right. I mean, you know, we went away for one week and really hell in a handbasket there. Now, you know, six weeks on the show ago, I, you know, I said we should always take um, Putin at his word. And he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to, you know, he wanted to reclaim the Ukraine. And, you know, we're in, it's just an awful, awful time now. So perilous. But, you know, uh, Liz and Leon, you, you've been to Moscow. You came to visit me. And when you were there, you saw the maps in the museum of what the right. former Soviet Union looked like or what old Russia looked like. You saw the Russian Empire. They never took those maps down um, with the collapse of the Soviet Union, right? Julie, I remember that the symbol was the eagle with two heads pointing in both directions towards Europe and towards Asia, right? Right. That's exactly right, Liz. The two-headed eagle, east and west, looking east and west. And I think that's, you know, that's, I mean, that's been Putin's view. I mean, I know people think he's insane. I mean, he's brutal. Uh, um, and I guess he's puffy right now, but I don't know if he's insane because I think this has all been part of what he has uh, attempted to do in Crimea, in Georgia. Certainly, he uh, he moved into Kazakhstan this year and put, helped put down a revolt there. He has a new agreement with Azerbaijan. Uh, so 
this awful thing that we are seeing play out in front of us, I think is, you know, is very much what in what is rational to Putin. So um, mm-hmm. that that's pretty scary. And I think I think I was really most shocked, obviously, because he's put the, his nuclear weapons on high alert and that he warned us just last week that, you know, that if we attempted to interfere, that the response we'd, we'd see was like nothing uh, that has ever happened in history. And that is um, that is scary. Yeah. That is really scary. And I know that, you know, I heard Jen uh, Psaki today talking about how they are trying to, you know, calm down the rhetoric. They, you know, nobody wants uh, wants any kind of escalation and that the United States is trying to be very careful not to escalate this situation. But I just as we're doing this podcast today, it's um, it's a you know, I mean, there's terrible shelling going on in the Ukraine. And, you know, I think the you know, the outpouring of support by, you know, people from all over the world is uh, for U- Ukraine is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know everything. I'm not, you know, I'm not, a, you know, a, a, I'm just someone that lived in Moscow. But I do know this is the one thing I know about the Russian army. And I learned it from my Russian teacher. Uh, I remember her coming to uh, to my apartment one day and saying that she was so pleased because she was going to be able to bribe, uh, have enough money to bribe um, the Russian army officials so that her son would not be conscripted into the army. And she said, that's how it works here. If you have enough money or if you have an education, then you can uh, bribe your way out of you know, service in the army. They don't want their children to serve in the army because the, you know, they're treated so poorly. There's very little food. You know, it's a terrible experience. Uh, so I don't know if that explains what's happening right now, whether, you know, the, you know, the Russian army didn't anticipate the, you know, the, the response from the Ukraine or if it's the nature of the Russian army. But that's the one insight that I have uh, about the Russian army. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So and I don't even though it's been uh, uh, over a decade since I was in Moscow, I don't imagine that it was any different. I know we put a lot of um, uh, sanctions on oligarchs. Um, and uh, here's what I know about oligarchs. Um, and in fact, Liz and Leon, when you came to Moscow, I believe you were in a room uh, in a party with an oligarch. Uh, we were. Yes. At that big event we did. We did. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. There we was were there, a, there for a charity event. Yes, we were there for a charity event and there was an oligarch was one of the underwriters for that. Um, You know, oligarchs are people that have amassed great power and wealth through murder, through extortion and through intimidation. These are brutal, awful people, but they only operate at, um, you know, with the permission of Putin. Putin. And if any oligarchs that attempt to criticize Putin or to be a political um, a rival of Putin, um, you know, they're they're put in jail or they're killed. Uh, so while I think some of the oligarchs may, you know, may be crying a little bit about their villas and their yachts. I mean, these people have just amassed such wealth. We, ca- we can't even imagine what it is or where it is. And uh and that won't be enough to stop Putin. And I think while some oligarchs may have spoken out against Putin, uh, many won't because they, you know, they I mean, they 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 exist because of Putin and they don't want to turn against him. Mm-hmm. So. That's interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't even know what an oligarch is. I mean, they were they were the original people who, when the Soviet Union came apart, they just legally or illegally, mainly illegally, scooped up all the assets of the state, right? Right. They've distributed the shares. Everybody in the country got shares of the former, you know, oil industry, tin industry, automobile industry were given out in shares to individual Russians. And that's what the oligarchs were able to do, that they, through intimidation, extortion or murder, they amassed all the shares of the auto industry or the oil industry or the tin or the coal. And that's Mm -hmm. how they that's how they got as wealthy as they did. But they only did that with the permission of Putin. They Mm -hmm. made an agreement. So and he, in fact, may be the richest of of any person on Earth. You know, we don't even know that. We don't know the extent of his of his wealth. So it's something. And then there's the Russian people. I know, you know, that uh, 
you know, we have seen some really courageous people demonstrating in Moscow and St. Petersburg. And I, and I know many of the commentators have have, you know, uh, have talked about the personal risk that these people are are taking coming out on the streets. Many of them will be sent to jail. Many of them will be tried for treason. Um, and there are a lot of innocent people. I was think of, you know, people that worked with my husband over there, you know, that are just you know, their lives are now destroyed because of the actions of Putin, you know, that, you know, maybe it's not like they voted for this, Liz. Right, right. right. It wasn't like they had a referendum. Like, well, they have had elections. It's just they're not, but they're not free and fair. Exactly, Liz. Exactly. So, you know, for for many Russians, you know, they're, you know, this is, you know, a really rough time, you know, that they, this is, you know, they, they don't have a way to fight back because of the grip that Putin has on the country. Any opposition leader that you can think of has been poisoned or murdered or put in jail. Right. So right. Now, that's something you've mentioned a lot over the years. Every time a journalist gets shot or it was Litvinenko in London getting poisoned. Right. Right? Yeah. And yeah. That's just his consistently getting rid of anyone who opposes him. Right. And that he has always used whatever weapons were available to him. And that's what scares me the most. I mean, is, you know, whether it is poison or whether it was, you know, he blew up apartment buildings in in Moscow in order to create sentiment in his favor and tried to blame it on the Chechens. You know, I mean, he you know, he is a you know brutal, awful dictator. Um, so. Uh, you know, it has been great to see the leadership and the support for the Ukrainian people and for their culture. Um, I know here in this country, you know, people have, on social media have been, you know, really responding. Uh, I will say just one little note. I know that a lot of um, a lot of people have been out in the streets pouring Russian vodka down the drains. Uh, just a little note. Uh, it, most of the Russian vodka is actually made in Sweden or in France. It's not okay. actually made. Okay. Actually, so okay, that's sort of a news. that's a freedom prize situation. Then. Yes, that correct? yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. exactly. <laughs> so you, uh, uh, you know, uh, you may just want to reconsider that one. Um, but I mean, it's a perilous time. There's no yeah. doubt. about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he just is a party of one. I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't there's there's it's not like he's conferring with people. Correct, Joel. He's just making all his decisions unilaterally. He doesn't. He doesn't actually have to get approval from anybody. No, he doesn't have to get right. approval for any, anything. I think that's the most terrifying thing. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's hard for Americans to relate to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Well, last week, Putin gave that speech, like that really angry speech about why he was doing this. And one of the, the tales he told was that Ukraine had always been part of Russia and blah, blah, blah. That's a lot of his position here. And, um, well, that's not really that true. And I heard this really interesting radio interview over the weekend with a professor of history from Yale. His his name was Timothy Snyder. And he was talking about like, what really is a separate country and a separate culture? And I thought, I thought this was interesting. Here were some of the things he talked about. He was like, you know, as we talked about the eagle had points in two directions, but Russia has traditionally mostly been in Asia, whereas Ukraine is an entirely European country. And he said, Ukraine took part in every European turning point culturally that we can think of uh, in the the Renaissance happened in Ukraine, the Reformation, the Enlightenment. Ukraine participated in all of those things like other European countries. And these are things that never happened really in Russia as we know it. He also said that Ukraine in the 19th century had a national movement designed to get rid of the empire that was trying to control them. And as we know, I mean, Julie, you know, from Russia never went through that stage, never got rid of that empire. They went from one kind of empire to another. And then most of all, something I think we can all relate to, we've been around a lot of Ukrainian people growing up. Russia, I mean, Ukraine always had its own language. It always had its own poetry and music and literature. It wasn't just part of this big, um, you know, Russian or Soviet world. And I thought all of that was really interesting, sort of putting in perspective, like, what makes a country, why Ukraine is always 
culturally been very different. And then, and when we were talking about this yesterday, it reminded us when we were growing up, our father was part of something called the International Institute in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And what they did, it was a refugee resettlement Mm -hmm. program. And at that era, when we were kids, the refugees being settled in Bridgeport, Connecticut, were either from Southeast Asia or they were from Eastern Europe. And there were a lot of Ukrainians. Mm -hmm. And so every year, remember, we went to the Ukrainian Easter parties. Yes, Mm -hmm. and we we, we tried to decorate Ukrainian Easter eggs. uh, Oh, my goodness. Which are exquisite. Ours were not. (laughs) (laughs) But I do remember that. I remember making the Easter eggs. I remember the costumes. I remember the music. I remember the the very unique uh, Ukrainian customs. It was it's interesting to think that we were at so many Ukrainian cultural festivals. But anyway, I think that's, I've been thinking so much about that the last couple of weeks as you watch what the people in Ukraine are going through now. It's just humbling to the way that they're standing up, the bravery of the people of Ukraine. And it's horrifying to see the pictures of the kids in the bomb shelters and people trying to get out. I mean, it's astonishing to see a land war in Europe. Let's face it, that is astonishing to me. Uh, you know, if you've never seen that before at, like this, and I haven't, this is really astonishing. It's just humbling. It's humbling what they're going through. We have to pray, pray for peace. I mean, unfortunately, despite all the demonstrators in Russia, there are a lot of Russian people that support Putin because they listen to the po- They only get the propaganda that he puts out. And uh, they believe that Putin is kind of saving Ukraine. Uh, so it's um, it's a it's really a perilous time. Yeah, you, you know. said that in the past, Julie, that a lot of Russian support is very pro-Russian. Yes, stance. It's yes. Not, they, they see him very differently. Yeah, so, I mean, and- again, they don't have the opportunity for free press. They don't have, you know, po- real political discussion that, you know, or any of that. So um, but it is it is a it is a terrible time. OK, well, uh, obviously, you know, we're going to be watching as the rest of the world is. Um, Joel, thanks for that insight. Uh, Liz, you're going to have a link to that podcast, right? About yes. Ukraine. Yeah, I will. I will. It was it was really very interesting. And, you know, the you know, when you get the historical perspective on the, it's sort of all about disinformation. Right. So right. He's sitting there, he's told the Russian people this. He's telling the world this. This is why I'm saving them for this reason. And they've always been part of us anyway. Then you hear a real historian say, uh-uh-uh, not so fast. And it just, it really gives you a perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a smart guy too, that, that professor. I've seen him. I mean, he speaks like a hundred languages, yes. including Ukrainian. So yeah, he yeah. really knows his stuff. Okay. So, you know, we'll have some resources on the website, uh, in the show notes, and I'm sure Liz will put them in the Facebook group as well. We'll do. Yeah. All right. So now I have to make one of those usually awkward transitions. So I'm making well, it now. This is okay. the transition, right? So uh, just a couple of good ideas, stories that just made us smile this week in an otherwise very tough week. Um, first, out of Portland, Oregon. Okay. A sports bar for ladies. Oh, that's right. And it's called the Sports Bra. Which okay. is so funny. Best <laughs> name ever. I like it. It's just so funny. I mean, I saw the headline and then, of course, I was like, okay, of course, it's in Portland. It's the only, it might be the only women's sports bar in the world. Jenny Wen is opening the bar. She's like 40% of athletes are women. 96% of all athletes on TV are men. So they wanted to create a sports bar where when you walked in, it's all women's sports on TV that you don't have to ask the bartender to turn on, you know, the NCAA <laughs> championship for women. It is already on. The soccer is going to be already on. The women's tennis will be featured. So, so she's opening this Can't in wait. April in Northeast Portland. Thank goodness, Jenny. Fantastic idea. The, <laughs> the sports bra. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I think there's a Satellite Sisters meetup at the sports bra in our future. Mm-hmm. We don't know when, but that would that would be super fun. I, I can't wait to visit that place. Yeah, and certainly we have Satellite Sisters in Portland. So if you could do a little uh, a little research for us, a little surveillance, head on into the sports bra and tell us what it's like. We'd love to hear that. We'd love to hear that. Scout it out. Okay. So sports bra, great idea. Here's another great idea I just read about, because as you sisters know, in addition to everything else going on lately, I had to have a little dental surgery about three weeks ago because I needed that. And 
uh, before they actually started to dig into my face, uh, you know, they, t- they take your blood pressure and mine was like soaring. I hate dentists. I hate it so much. Regular dentist, bad dental surgery, even worse. And, uh, one in three Americans actually experience dental anxiety and fear. I'm sur- it's gotta be 80%. Anyway, so I saw, <laughs> so I saw this headline in the Washington post and tell me if this doesn't make you feel good. Snuggle ready dogs are available to anxious patients at some dentist's offices. So here's the deal. Again, I'll post, I'll post this. There are some dental practices now where they have like therapy dogs that will snuggle with you while you're being worked on. The photo, I sent it to you guys. Mm-hmm. It's like someone getting dental work and there's a giant golden retriever laying on his chest. Didn't that look <laughs> relaxing? That, I mean, nothing better, nothing better. <laughs> but I just don't know how you square that because the, uh, at least when I go to my dentist, Liz, right now, they're wearing like five layers of PPE. So, and then yeah. you have the big, hairy, slobbery golden retriever on your chest. It's yeah. all good to me. It's all good. But yeah. uh, well, this is why this isn't exactly legal in a lot of places, Julie. Okay. I think that the, you know, some patients, they, they don't really need or want the, uh, the dog. Um, but then I was thinking, well, maybe you could bring your own dog. That would be nice. Like, I don't need to have a giant golden retriever. I could just bring Hooper and he could like quiet my anxiety. But no, that is not true. The dogs are facility dogs. They are trained to like lay still. Because as one dentist said, when I'm working on you, I can't have a dog all of a sudden jumping up. And I thought, oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, with the drill, that wouldn't be too yeah, That yeah. would be awful. Anyway, facility dogs, golden retriever or any other kind, I'm, I would like to try that. If anyone lives in a place where that service is available, please try it and let us know. I think it sounds fantastic. Liz, it's the time of the show when I talk about my hair. You don't mind, do you? It's one of my favorite times because you have very good hair, Leanne. I would say of all the sisters, you are at near the top. You and Monica both have excellent, full, thick hair. The rest of us, we're all along a spectrum. Okay. Well, I would like to thank Pros for my hair. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, because I have really been sticking with this Pros regimen for a couple of years now, and I keep adding pieces to it to really enrich my whole pros experience. I can't tell you, I get a lot of compliments on my hair. I'm very happy with my hair. I don't have too many bad hair days. Uh, and I feel like it's healthy hair, which is really yes. great. I, I'm not overworking it or overusing the products. They all work together, Liz. That's because at pros, you get you take that personal quiz, you know, they're going to analyze 85 factors. And so they handpick clean, sustainably sourced ingredients that get me closer to my hair goals with every wash, Liz, hair goals. I feel like they understand your hair. By the time you get to the bottom of that list, 85 things, they know your hair. That's right. So I'm taking the hair vitamins. I take the hair vitamins. It's made a huge difference. The pros sends me every month. Great. I'll just take the vitamins, the shampoo, the conditioner. Sometimes they need the leave-in conditioner. Sometimes they need the pre-shampoo treatment. I use it all. It makes a huge difference. So pros, thank you so much. They are the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral too. If that's important to you, fantastic. Pros is a certified B Corp and an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. We love pros and we'd like you to try it. Get your own custom made-to-order hair care from Pros. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Okay, 50% off the first subscription order, plus 15% off and free shipping on every subscription order after that. Here's where you go. Go to pros.com slash sisters. And pros is P-R-O-S-E. Pros.com slash sisters for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. Thanks, pros. At Satellite Sisters, we love the products from OseaMalibu.com. Don't we, Liz? I mean, it's seaweed-infused moisture just coming at us 24-7. I feel like it is a major pillar of my entire wellness program, Leanne. 
or the Osea products. Anything seaweed infused, that has to be good for you, right? And it feels so good going on and smells so delicious. And they, it really lasts. You know, other moisturizers promise that it's going to work for days. No, the Osea like Moisture Duo, it is working for days. I it mean, is. It's it incredible. Is. We love the Andaria Algae Body Oil. We talked mm. about that over and over mm. again. We love the Andaria Algae Body Butter. I mean, that is indulgent and buttery rich. Liz, it's clinically proven to hydrate for 72 hours. 72 really? hours, Liz. I love that. Yeah. And then and then what about the anti-aging body balm? Have you tried that? The more balm, the better in my <laughs> life, I say. And the Mega Moisture Duo. You're going to want to check that out. You get the body oil and the body lotion together, and it makes your skin visibly firmer. Oh. That is a yeah. dream come true to satellite sisters and misters everywhere, isn't it? This is the time of year to really be thinking about the moisturizing. <laughs> okay. So we want you to check out all the wonderful products at Osea. Glow from the inside out with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Satellite sisters, misters, misters, you're going to get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code Sat Sisters at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com. And Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Okay, you guys. I have got to tell you about this book that I read last week. It was so fun. <laughs> the title is Good. lost in the title is lost and found in paris and it's by a sparkling author named leon dolan and normally leon as you know normally we wouldn't be on the air gushing about your book so of course we try to be supportive but it had taken me a while to read it because i got a galley from you that was i could only read it on my phone and i thought anyway so finally about two weeks ago um i read it and I texted you, right? And like, I was about halfway through. I'm like, oh my God, I love this book so much. So, <laughs> so I, I just want to say like this book, well, it begins in a museum environment. And so you think, okay, here we go. And then all of a sudden, bang, the story starts with a bang. And from there, it is smart. It is funny. It is original. It is sweet. It is snarky. It is thoughtful. You get medieval history. You get pop culture. You get some Halstonettes thrown in. Got it me. is you, Julie. You've read. There are some LOL moments, right? Like you Oh, I, I really did laugh out loud. Uh, this is my favorite of Lane's books. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Yep. Oh my God! And don't forget, it is juicy. There is some really mm -hmm. juicy. Mm -hmm. Some of it snarky, juicy. Some of it romantic, juicy. All of it really good. The story, Leah, it just powers forward your story. There is just, it just is so energetic. I, I I could not believe it. I was like, how did she do this? That's what I was thinking half the time. How did you put this all together? So needless to say, I recommend Lost and Found in Paris. <laughs> hey, that's a good entertaining sister's recommendation. You know what? And it's and it's a great tour of Paris. And you know. A lot of people put the word Paris in their title to try to trick you, and, but it's really about something else. No, you're going to get a lot of good Paris in here, and you got a lot of great art world stuff, both like the fancy old artwork, art world and contemporary art and just all of it. You know, I, I just... Obviously, I loved it. So congratulations, Leanne. Thank, Thank you, Liz. I Thank really, you. Really, I could not have enjoyed it more. Thank and, you. No. I just want to clarify, too. Had I known Liz was reading the book on her phone, I would have bought her a Kindle to download <laughs> the electronic version. You read the whole thing on your phone, Liz? I did, okay. Julie. It wasn't, I have an iPad, but I never use it. And it's about eight years old. So it just wasn't compatible with my iPad. And I suppose I could have read it on my laptop, but I was just, Laying in bed, reading it on my phone. It was fine. <laughs> okay, but just imagine if I can enjoy it. If I can enjoy it this much on my phone, Whew. imagine how much you're going to enjoy the actual book. Right. <laughs> well, it comes out April 5th, uh, all month long. It's still available for pre-order. 
And that's fantastic. If you pre-order it, it's like the best thing you can do for me. If you wanted to support the book or pick it, tell your library to order it or pick it for your book club book. Those are all fantastic things. I, I appreciate it. I'm excited now. I can't believe that it's finally coming out because I started it a long time ago and then I wrote a bunch of books in between and then I finished it and then the pandemic and I didn't even know if I was going to be able to get out and about. So I'm happy that at least I can go out and do a bunch of events. There will be a big launch at Romans here in Pasadena on April 6th. Um, normally I have my sister's co-host, but I decided to do something different. So I'm excited to say that Rico Galliano is going to be the moderator. Okay. I'm going to be in conversation with Rico, Liz's former co-host at Save for Work, and he now lives in Pasadena. So I'm like, come on, this is the law. That is going to be fun. You got to appear at uh, at Romans if you're in the biz. So um, I'm looking forward to that. That's April 6th. And then I have dates in Northern California, a lot of speaking in Southern California, the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books I will be at. I don't have the day and time yet. They announced that schedule in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to be at the Pequot Library in Southport, Connecticut in May, uh, May 12th. That's a Thursday night. I am trying to arrange something in Long Island for the 14th of May. Uh, that being said, I'm doing everything my on my own this time on the book tour for a variety of reasons. I don't have PR help. Uh, the publisher has is not setting up any bookstore um, bookstore appearances for me, so I, I'm having some trouble <laughs> contacting people at bookstores. Like it's very it's really oh, basic. I'm like. I am DMing them on their Instagram account, like, hello, can I get the contact? So trying to get into a bookstore there in Oyster Bay, Long Island, but um, for Satellite Sisters who are in Long Island. Uh, so, so I'm still working on the event schedule, but this week I'm going to send out a newsletter that is all, there'll be a regular pep talk. And then I'm also doing a newsletter that is all lost and found in Paris information so that you'll have it all in one newsletter, event schedule, pre-order information book club appearances, uh, you know, how to reach me if you want to book me on your book club and things like that. So I don't want to spam people, but I, I do have a lot going on and everyone's been so supportive of my books in the past. past and you just heard this fantastic review. So yeah, right. If you want to remember one word about Lost and Found in Paris, the word people is romp. Okay. It is, it is a romp. You are going to love it. Oh. Well, <laughs> You know what, Liz? That's so funny because it got a good review in Publishers Weekly, which just came out today. I can finally announce it. And the last line is, I mean, not a rave, but it's a pretty good review. It's this has a bit more substance than the standard Paris romp. So, OK, I'll take it. <laughs> OK, but take it has enough Weekly. romp, too. You don't want to go totally yeah. substance. Good combination right. of romp and substance. I, that's a good review, Liz. Well, I think we should toast that with. Martha Stewart's Chardonnay. How about a glass? Now, you remember a couple of weeks back on, pod, on the podcast, I said that on my to-do list that I was going to try Martha, uh, Martha Stewart's new uh, Chardonnay. It's come out. It's, uh, she's made a Chardonnay with uh, Snoop Dogg's company, 19 Crimes. And it's in most supermarkets. And Liz and Leanne, I, I think this is the drink for you. And I, I oh, have it okay. broken down as to why I think you would like this. Now, Leanne, for you, um, I, you're kind of our family renegade. And uh, um, <laughs> I think you would like this uh, Chardonnay because Martha wanted to shake up the Chardonnay world. Did Ooh. you know that? No. So it's kind of a renegade, renegade uh, choice of a drink, Leanne. Okay. It's not your, it's not your grandmother's Chardonnay. This is, this is something she wanted to shake it up. Now, Liz, of course you are going to um, admire um, uh, Martha for her marketing genius uh -huh. and her dedication to the brand. Okay. Leanne, I know you'll like this because this bottle of wine is not a screw top. Okay. Martha, okay. Martha, Martha keeps it classy. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Actually have to use a corkscrew to open this up. But Liz, here's how Martha's branding genius just continues. Do you realize that on the cork, there's a picture of Martha Stewart? On oh the my gosh. Liz. Really? Okay. Can you wow. stand that? Or if that's not enough around the neck of the wine bottle is, it just says Martha, Martha, Martha. Oh. 
That's so Martha. That's so Isn't Martha. that Martha? I knew you would like it. This is, you have been, you have, you, for years you've been preaching, you know, brand identity, stay in your brand, brand awareness, brand extension. Martha is doing it. She never Leanne, lets go. Yeah. She doesn't. She, she doesn't. Leanne, you're just going to love the bottle because Martha has a fabulous head of hair in the picture mm. on the bottle. And you just got your hair cut and it looks fabulous. It kind of reminds me of Martha Stewart's hair. Did you, Thank did you. you. Yeah, she okay. looks great. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay, so okay. he's shaking it up with this. Um, here's the taste test. She's shaking it up with this Chardonnay. She doesn't like those big, buttery, oaky Chardonnays. That's not Martha's style, okay? She wants to be able to drink a lot of this. She wants, she she likes it very cold. In fact, she it's perfectly fine to stick some ice in her Chardonnay. Okay. Well, okay. she's got Edna Dolan's vote, right? Yes, there. that's <laughs> right. I think our, mo- yeah. our mother used to do that. And our aunt on Eleanor, she yeah. always had a wood. But here's, here's, here's why that's important, Leanne. Do you realize that is part of Martha's lifestyle? Because Martha wines and dines every single night. Mm. You know, yeah, you know yeah. that. She's out with Snoop Dogg, whoever, every <laughs> single night. And, and she, you know, she's, but yet she's Martha Stewart. So she's up at four o'clock doing things, you know, in the morning. Sure, mucking so, out the stables or something. Yes, Liz. And this is this is her lifestyle choice. That's why she sticks the ice in it. So she can drink longer, but less. Longer, but less. Okay. 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 All right. so, Martha. Okay. So I would say get yourself a bottle of Martha Stewart Chardonnay. Okay. I'm okay. having my book club tonight. I'm serving it. Okay. It's very classy. Okay. With ice is how I'm okay. going <laughs> to. Okay. All right. Well, Martha, you know. She's been around solid, classic. So uh, like on that note, I want to like, I did something this weekend that I've never, ever done before. And you're going to be shocked that I've never, ever done it. I have never, ever seen an episode of Law and Order. <laughs> if you can, I don't know why. What was How I is doing? How possible that you haven't been like, like in some setting where it's on, like in I, an airport I, and, you know, in a lounge, I don't know, Julie, I don't like know. in a hospital sometime, you know, it's on, it's on. I like, know it's on all the time. Yeah, I know. Anyway. So, but I was on Peacock cause I was watching some other stuff on Peacock and there it was the brand new revived law and order. And I was like, huh, maybe I should check this out. I law and order. People say this is really good. So I watched it, you know, it's newly revived. And uh, I mean, this is like, I can't even believe you're splaining law and order. <laughs> I'm not explaining it. You're law explaining it. I mean, okay. Please. Here's what, here's what was funny to me. I was watching like Anthony Anderson is in this. Wow. Like that's quite a change from blackish. And then I Googled it and I'm like, oh no, he was in the original cast. Yeah. Back in the, he was, he, he's already been on it. Yeah. They're not the like, original cast, but he has been on it. He, right. yeah. Not right. the original cast. Come I mean, on, I Liz. Know it, I Pretty know it much has all... everybody has been on Law and Order, yes. Liz. I know. That's... That, that's what... I don't know. I just never watched it. The, the new cast includes Hugh Dancy. I only know him as, you know, Mr. Claire Danes. But he uh, he's in it. That's yeah. great. Um, here's what I really... I think this whole rift from the headlines thing really works. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be so happy to hear that, Liz, yeah. that you feel that way about the show. Because the, yeah. the premiere of the new um, uh, of the new season is sort of a Bill Cosby-ish story. And so very ripped from the headlines. Anyway, um, this could be what I spend the next 20 years doing because I missed the first 20 years. So I just thought I would admit that. Law and order. Here we come. Oh, well, also, well, <laughs> I have to say, I did miss the, the shaky camp. Oh, you know, it was a pioneering show in terms of cinematography. I mean, I remember watching it on my little black and white TV, you know, in 1990 when it came out. Uh, and it was the first TV show to use kind of the handheld cameras. And oh, so really? it was just like, yeah. And so the older seasons are just look very different. And now I, I missed a little of that in the new the new. Okay. Cast, but, I didn't um, miss any of that because I had never seen any of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. OK. So, so while I was over on Peacock, I also thought, oh, marry me, the, the new J-Lo movie. Like when I'm always in the mood for a J-Lo movie, I yes. will admit that. Yes. I just feel like a J-Lo rom-com. If you like J-Lo rom-coms, marry me is a super J-Lo rom-com. 
<laughs> that's good. That's good news. That's yeah. very good. So that's she so, hasn't lost her touch. You know what? I just think she's charming and funny and beautiful and sweet, and I just buy her whole thing. So, so she's in this. She plays a pop star. Uh, Owen Wilson plays a schlubby but charming math teacher. Uh, his best friend, snarky Sarah Silverman. So she's good. There are some very snappy musical numbers. I would say J-Lo is sort of playing a pop star who's sort of a G-rated Madonna almost because the, like the very first scene, she's on stage and the song is church, church, church. And it's all sort of all of this vaguely religious symbolism, but she's having fun. And there's nothing too, too, you know, dark about it. Unlike Madonna's version of same. So anyway, so she's great. He's, you know, She's J-Lo and he's Owen Wilson. So there you go. That's what you got going for you. Um, it's, a, it's a cute story. There are a couple of big musical numbers that are a lot of fun. Um, there's one scene where she's getting a massage. And I thought, what? they always do this in any massage scene in any movie where the person's laying down, but their head is up. And they just, she looked beautiful, even laying on a massage table. Like, of course, a towel wrapped around her head. I'm like... No one in the history of the world ever gets a massage like that. You know, your face is smashed into that cradle. <laughs> I don't know why that that thought came to me as I was watching how beautiful she was. But anyway, so um, I totally recommend it. I'm not going to tell you anything else about the story. Uh, it's fun. It's sexy. It's sweet. There's a cute daughter. The whole thing. Um, if you like a J-Lo rom-com, this is a J-Lo rom-com. There you go. Okay, good review, Liz. <laughs> boom, boom. All right, Liz, good work. <laughs> um, all right, I have one book. I have many books that I want to recommend. I am going to put a link to that book list in this week's pep talk. That's the pep talk I forgot to write. I have a whole bunch of books for spring, but I just wanted to um, say a, a publication day shout out to Jennifer Haupt. Her new novel is Come As You Are. And you know what that means, Gen Xers. That is right. We are going back to the days of grunge in Seattle. I loved oh. this book. It was fun to relive it. I was uh, in Portland and Seattle in the 90s. And it just, first of all, it just made me happy. It makes me happy to read about Gen Xers in general. And it also makes me happy um, that I did not marry my, my boyfriend at that time. So that's good. <laughs> So it takes place in the 90s and it takes place now. And our main character has a chance to sort of look back on her life choices, that things that she might have done differently in her 20s and where she is now in terms of making life choices. And I, I related very much to the grunge scenes. It was really fun to be back in Seattle. Uh, so happy pub day to Jennifer Haupt. The book is Come As You Are, and it's on my book list. And I'll put a link to that um, on the show notes and it'll be in sister log and everything. I have a whole bunch of books for spring. So, but this one's for you, Gen Xers. Uh, all right. It's been a long day of recording. Um, we can't explain why, but just a lot of internet issues. <laughs> internet issues. A lot. So, if you're hearing this now, it's because of our ed engineer, Sergio Enrique. Yes. So thank you. Thank you, Sergio. <laughs> if you've made it to this portion of the show, know that Sergio has done a lot of editing <laughs> to piece this show together while almost everything went wrong. Um, so thank you, Sergio. Big thanks to Emily Loudermilk, who does our graphics. Um, they're so much fun to look at. We appreciate you, Emily. We miss seeing you, uh, but we love seeing the work that you do every week. If you want to see Emily's graphics, go follow us on Instagram at Sat Sisters or subscribe to Pep Talk. All right, we have uh, to-do list. Jewel, what do you got? Well, you know, we've had a lot of fun, but now back to the seriousness and I, I'm changing all my passwords. I've been doing that. Yep. Okay. Oh, really? You think you're like, the I, I mean, I think, on? yes, I believe all, I think all of those things are true. Yes. I don't think Putin is, you know, he doesn't care if he's ever invited to a G7 meeting ever again. Right. Or Davos, you know, I just, this is a very, you know, a serious thing. And I think we should be prepared. So Oh, God. All right. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I, I don't really know any of my passwords. I was going to say, I don't recall them all. I change them every week anyway, because I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, then you, you're, you're safe. You're a hard target. Man. I literally <laughs> changed our Google password in the middle of this show. <laughs> okay. They, the, they are not going to be able to keep up with you. <laughs> okay. Hard target. Ooh, nice. 
I, I, I'm just doing what Julie's doing. Liz, what do you got for your to-do well, list? Anything? You know, uh, I'm taking Thursday night off from cooking with Liz because I have an actual business trip this week, believe <laughs> it or not, sisters, yes siree, getting on a plane, going somewhere and coming back the next day. So th- Thursday, Friday, a little bit of business travel. Kind of been a while. Um, I'm like in a weird way, kind of looking forward to it. Okay, so, that's good. Anyway, so Cooking with Liz will be back next Thursday, but this Thursday I'm, I'm going to be on an old fashioned business trip. All right, fantastic. Uh, I hope I hope it is. I hope it's fantastic. All right, sisters, have a good week. You, you too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>